0: Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Bible, iPad, whatever you're using as a, a reference this morning and lift it over your head and make this confession with me, say, this is my Bible. I believe the words in it. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have I believe that there's power in the Word of God I'm about to receive the seed of the Word of God and the devil cannot steal will not steal my seed but I will prosper from what I receive today and from this moment forward I will never be the same the Word of God is my answer my answer is in the Word of amen amen Amen. all right turn to mark chapter 5 we're gonna look at verses 24 through 29 and then we're gonna look at verse 34 right way we are we are in spiritual warfare and and you've got to um, you've got to open your eyes and see uh, when God when God is moving a church He can't move the church without moving the people. And so not only does the church come under attack, the people in the church come under attack. Now, there's nothing to worry about because Satan is already defeated. Right? But you've got to be on high alert for where we are as a church because we're taking new territory, And there's always a spiritual fight or press to get into that new territory because Satan doesn't want us there. But the Bible says, the kingdom suffered violence, but the violent taketh by force. I think I need to do a message on spiritual warfare because we don't even recognize when our marriages are involved in spiritual warfare, when, when our marriages are trying to go to the next level, we don't even recognize that instead of fighting the devil, we fight each other. And we think something wrong with us and don't even realize that it's Satan because a kingdom divided, a husband and a wife divided, won't stand. So his, his mode of operanda is always to bring division in the thing that he's against. So if he can divide you in this season from your relationship with God, and listen, and, and you got to understand, man, his, his, his mode of warfare is so subtle. You, you won't even recognize that you're being divided. But it's a simple thing like not praying like you used to. A simple thing like not getting your word and now what you've done, you've exchanged Bible time for music. So you listen to your music and you think your music listening while you riding to work since you decided not to do 93 and you decided to do, you know, whatever, WGOK, that, okay, well, I put my time in with God because Marvin Sapp and, and, you know what I'm saying, Kingdom, and I, I let all them people sing to me. So that, that wasn't your time with God. That was music. Amen. You ain't saying nothing to God. And so you got to understand, I'm trying to open your eyes to where we are. We're taking territory, and, we, and, and when, you, when you understand that you're in this, you got to be real sensitive about your environment. you got to be real intentional, and you cannot let the devil do more talking than you. Are you listening to me? Because remember now, when God is moving a church, he's also moving the people. So this move is, is, is far more than just about right way, not being in, quote, a storefront and being on property. This move is about your life and your home going to the next level too. So don't you miss your move. Are you listening? Uh, we're in a series entitled Boot Camp Faith. We're in lesson four. Part one, we talked about the object of our faith, that the object of our faith is God. It's not our job. It's not our finances. It's not our checking account. It's not our credit, although we should have all of those, and all of those should be in good order. That is not the object of our faith. The object of our faith is is God. In lesson two, we talked about the power of our faith, our trust and reliance upon Holy Spirit to direct and lead our lives in the things of God. Part three, we talked about the foundation of our faith. That was the foundation. Last week was so good, learning about how the foundation of our faith is righteousness and that we have to make sure that our faith is on the right foundation, the rock which is the Word of God, and not on sand. We can't be movable, but we have to dig deep enough to lay our foundation on the bedrock of God's Word so that we're standing on the Word of God. Today in Lesson 4, we're going to talk about the process of our faith. Come on, say the process of our faith. Again, uh, we're going to talk about how faith works, and again, our theme is the basic concepts of faith. We we call this series Boot Camp Faith, and Boot Camp is a military training camp for new recruits. Boot Camp is a short, intensive, and rigorous course of training. So, what we're doing here at Right Way, we're going back to the basics, right? we got to make sure now we're we're in this football season but before football season kicks off they have what's called spring training and it doesn't matter if you are a new recruit or if you've even been with the team and you are a senior the purpose of a spring training is to take the entire team back over the basics right because we need those basic Fundamentals on the inside of you, because it's from the basics that new strategy and 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 new plays are developed. But if we don't if we don't make sure that we all have the basics, then we're going to falter at the new play. And it could be a good play. It could be a play that's going to cause us to win, have the victory. But if we don't have the basics in us, right, then that play is not going to be successful when it's ran. And many believers, many believers, you got awesome plans, man. You got goals, you know. I want to be a billionaire so bad. You know, you got all this stuff you're going to do. But when we look down on the inside of you, do you have the fundamental basics? Right. So today we're going to talk about the process of our faith. Let's learn how faith works. Now, while they were over there uh, singing, uh, I heard this, that the life or a life in Christ, this life. Come on, say this life. Uh, uh, and you got to make up your mind whether or not you're going to live this life. Right? And there's a lot of teaching, a lot of stuff going on out there, man. I'm talking about the the body of the church, if you will, is full of a lot of fast food. It's full of a lot of fast. The good thing the thing about fast food, it looks good. It it looks, I mean it it, it it's but we got a lot of fast food out there. You gotta really watch what you're eating. Right? Everything shouldn't always, you know, have you on your feet shouting. Okay, think about it. Think about it now. When you go to school, the person that's loud in the class, we got to put them out because they're disturbing the teacher and preventing others from learning. So if everything you're hearing is about shouting and everything you're hearing is about your haters, you're not being fed well. you eat eating our latest. Amen. Amen. We need the word of God. And listen to me. You're not, it's not that the word don't work, right? The problem is, is that the word works by faith. And if you don't have faith, the word is not going to work. And, and, you know, we got, again, I'm, I'm just going to go here real quick. We got to get a lot of stuff out of our spirits that we've been told, but it's not, but it's not true. Like God doing whatever He wants to do whenever He wants to do it. That's not Bible. And see, we believe that. And so we just believe that we can just go through life vicariously doing whatever we want to do. And when God is ready to change my heart, God is ready to do His work with me, then God is going to do it. You're not, there are no invisible strings hanging down from heaven. There are no hooks that when God get ready, he going to put his hooks in you and God will get you however he want to get you. That's not, that's not scripture. Go to, let me show it to you. That's not Bible. It's, it's not Bible. And I know that's what a lot of us believe. And, and hearing it once from me is not going to get it out of you. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Uh, hearing it from me is not going to get it out of you, especially because of some of you don't see me for nothing more than just this young preacher in the city who wears nice suits. I, you've yet to view me as your pastor, so you'll never hear me the right way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I wish, I wish we would, you know, of, of course, pray. Make sure that you're at the church that God needs you to be at. And if you're at the right church, treat me like you do when you walk in the room with the man or woman that got the white robe on. You don't know. You don't know if they really. They, it could be somebody disguising themselves. That, that's really not a, but if they put that right robe on, you believe everything they say. They tell you, uh, uh, they look down your throat, and then they say, oh, you got this, and you say, you don't even question, you say, okay. Amen. But then when we, when we pull somebody out this word, you want to know if it's real. But you don't ask the practicing physician that. Oh, I need to sit here for a minute. You don't, you, don't, you, you don't question the bartender. You don't know if he's giving you gasoline. Just ask him for the spirit. It's brown, it look like what you drink, so you take it. But when it come to God, we always got questions with him. We sleep with folk that we don't know. We don't really know. We just know she fine and we know he looked good. And look like he got some money. So let me show him what he missing just in case, you know. And it must not be all that because he gone. Oh and she ain't there. Oh but when it come to God, we got questions with God all the time. We will hold God to the fire and invite, invite everything else in the house. Wow. That God, God got to prove himself. She didn't prove herself to you. He didn't prove himself to you. Three months, he in. Two months, She in. Sometime one night. But when it come to God, it show me. Well, why you didn't ask? Nobody's in therapy saying, I tried God. I gave all my life to him and he just hurt me. You know why? Because you'll never have to sit in therapy from trusting God. You'll never become traumatized from trusting God. We want what he has, but we don't trust his way. And people are not coming to church, that's why I don't go to church. No, people are are not founded on the foundation of faith. Listen, like you, I've seen mess in church. I've come up against stuff in church. But my response has always been with the word of God. So how do I survive? I survive because I do what the word tells me to do to it. So when people stab me in my back, God say bless them. So I bless them. When they stab me in my back, God say be quick to forgive. So I'm quick to forgive. So I heal fast. I don't walk around saying church folk because I'm one of the church folk. I remember going in my pocket to give offering one day at church and pulled the porn wrapper out my pocket. And God exposed me right there at the altar. No one else saw it, but it was a public exposing that God showed me and say, "See there?" Look, at... so I can't talk about other church folk when I was right there at the altar with a wrapper in my hand. See, the Bible says to them who has been forgiven much, they forgive much i don't have time to talk about church folk when i was one of them when i was a shackle i don't have room and god didn't judge it to me so how could you see something on the internet from somebody messing up and you probably living in mess up or living as a mess up and god ain't pulling no screen down and showed us yours He don't take us to your bottom drawer, slide everything out the way and dad is. Or maybe he just did. (laughs) Our focus should be on our relationship with God. But it's not. We become messy just like the world. And that's why the world don't want the church. They don't see no difference. How you been in church all this time and God ain't changed you and you asking me to come to him? So we got to get this faith down inside of us because God wants right way to be a representation to the world of what a real church and what real kingdom people supposed to be like. And if you mess it, just stop being messy. You shouldn't be a messy Christian. And if you're going to be a messy Christian, stop being a Christian. Just go be a backslider till you're ready, because you're messing all us up. You can control how you respond to people. We're going to miss it sometimes, but you can control how you respond to people. You can control your attitude. You ain't got you, your neck don't have to do all of that. Your mouth don't have to release all of that. You got to think of every action you do. So when the Bible talks about perfection, when the Bible talks about being perfect, it's not talking about never missing it. That's not what it's talking about. When the Bible talks about perfection, it is dealing with your treatment to other people. And the Bible says in that and how we treat people, we can be Perfect. Now, when we miss it, it should be an unintentional missing. And when we do miss it, we should come back and say, I'm sorry. Watch this. Even when we were wrong, then our response wasn't right. You owe it, I'm sorry. Well, they did it to me, but did you respond right? Because if you didn't respond right, you still got to come back and say, you did that and it hurt me, but I responded wrong and I need to apologize for that. That's kingdom. That's Christian. Not they deserved it. No, they. No, 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 no. They. I thought you were. I thought. I thought we were supposed to do what God told us to do. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? This is good teaching. Because I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to keep you from not seeing the blessing manifest in your life. Because God don't bless mess. Think about, just let's be honest, some of us, keep myself in the boat with you. If God blessed some of us where we are right now with our poor disposition, what would we be like blessed with it? God say, I got to put cherubim's angels of fire around the tree because if Adam eat from it, he going to be like us. He'll be, watch this, a sovereign mess. And God don't want us to be a sovereign mess. God wants us to shine the light of Christ. Our job, I told Minister Trey in the office, we re- our job as Christians is really easy because it's God's job to take care of us. It's always the Father's job to take care of His children. Listen, you don't think, you don't think, you don't think I've ever been transparent moment. You don't think I've ever been, you don't think I've ever considered even trying to go to go and get another job, you think I don't see that stuff out there? And man, I man, 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 I, I just man, it ain't it ain't coming fast enough. It ain't happening. I need to go and make something happen. Then I have to remind myself, no God, it's your job to take care of me. And if you hadn't given me the permission to go over there, if I go over there, I could go over there to my demise. And what I think could be a blessing could turn out to be a huge curse for me. And I mess around and create an Ishmael in my life. And i would be five years later and I'm still taking care of Ishmael. And sometimes that's what's happening. Sometimes we are having to pay for Ishmael. Now, God will give you a way of escape. He'll get you out of it. He'll get Ishmael out your life. But you laid with it and you made it. So, in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. Oh, I told you I was gonna read Romans chapter 2, verse 4. So let me read it to you. It says, Or oh, despises thou the riches and goodness and forbearance and long suffering. Here it is, knowing that the what? The goodness of God the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. So the way God get us is He be good to us. He draws mankind with his goodness. And the Bible says that leads to repentance. That leads to the person coming to Christ. Not him forcing. See, he's a perfect gentleman. He comes into the lives of willing, yielded vessels. He doesn't force his way into your life. If any, he didn't force his way on the Mary. Had God forced his way on the Mary's body, that would have been spiritual rape. He asked her, he said, hell, he asked her in a, in a salutation, hell, Mary, thou art highly favored. He said, the Spirit of the Most High wants to come upon you and wants to use your body to bring the Savior into the world. But I need, he needs a virgin body to do a miraculous conception. She said, I've, I, first she said, I've been with no man. He's like, no, 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 I got it. It's not, it's not a matter of you being with a man. I need the vessel. I need the womb. The Bible notes it to be the matrix so that I can bring out of darkness light. And Mary gave him permission. He didn't take her body. She said, be it unto me. That was her giving God permission to use her body or use her matrix, her womb, to bring the Savior into the world. Had he done that without her permission, it would have been spiritual rape. So God just don't take your life and do what he wants to do with it. Now, he'll do what he wants to do with your life when you give it. When you say, I'm a yielded vessel, God, have your way. Now you've given him the permission to do with that body, but he's just not going to take your body and do whatever he wants to do with it. So he's not going to make you righteous. He's not going to make you holy. He's not going to make you stop. He'll put all the convicted things there, but he's not going to make you. Because if he makes you in one, he got to make you in all. Which means now you have no free will. You are a human robot, which means he has to take even your thought away from you now. He told Adam not to eat from the tree. He couldn't make Adam not eat. He told him not to eat and even gave him the repercussions of what it would be like if he did eat from it. And now God has to sit back, watch this, on his word and give man the choice to choose him. Or else it wouldn't be real love if God would make you. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29 in the Amplified Bible. We're going to see something very interesting today. It's going to be a short one, but it's going to be so good. Faith is so supposed to be simple so you and I can get it and walk it out. Verse 25 says, uh, and a certain woman, I'm reading not Amplified, excuse me. There was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. And who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no more better, but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throne and touched him, his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. Verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God has restored you to health. Go in into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. I, I want to read this again. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God has restored you to health. Now, this woman, let me paint, give you some context behind the, uh, uh, what this woman's life looks like. Because this woman now has an issue of blood for 12 years. Come on, say 12 years. She is in a distressing state for 12 long years. She's gone to the doctors, and the doctors uh, can't find what the source of the ailment is. And the Bible declares that she didn't even get better, that she grew worse. And in growing worse, the Bible says the woman spent all she had. That's on the physician side. On on the natural side, this woman is separated from company. By company, I'm talking about relationships. Because no man wants to be with a woman whose blood won't dry up. So she's separated not only from company and relationship, she's separated from intimacy. She's separated from friends and companionship. Not only is she separated from company, the woman is separated from community because by law, this issue of blood would ostracize her from this community that she was a part of. As a matter of fact, she's not only separated from the community, but she's separated from the community in shame because they would oftentimes make the woman wear all white. So she can't hide the issue. It's showing up on her physically. She's separated from community. And if she showed back up in the community, even the child had the right to stone her to death because she was also considered to be cursed in her state. She's separated from company. She's separated from community. Thirdly, the woman is separated from commonwealth. She can't work. She can't have jobs. So I'm convinced that she has now spent her life savings trying to deal with this flow that won't stop and the flow that wouldn't stop used up her flow that she saved. She's in a very compromising condition. She can't even walk out and fulfill her purpose. She's being withheld from commonwealth. But the Bible says she heard something. She heard something from this man who was now coming through the city, and evidently she must have heard the testimonies of his ability to heal. As a matter of fact, that's what Jesus said. His reply to her was that it was your faith, but it was your faith in God that healed you watch this now your faith pulled from God something that belonged to you it was in God but it took something from you to get it from God God had it but it took faith to get it are you listening to me and so there are five components of the faith process come on let's find out how faith works And and what I want you to do as we go through this, I want you to examine your life. The Bible says that if I judge myself, I have no need that any man should judge me, right? Then the Scripture says, examine yourselves whether you be in faith. I love how my apostle said it. He said, some people believe that they're in faith, but they're actually tiptoeing on reason. (laughs) So let's examine ourselves to see if we're in faith because without faith... It is impossible to please God. And if there is no faith, you won't see the manifestation of what God has the ability to provide. Faith has five components. Now, my my, my people have been with me for a while. Y'all know this exercise, but I want you, if I can get you to just put everything. I'm going to say it first, and I'm going to get you to perform this exercise with me. Come on, say, faith takes hearing. Believing, believing, speaking, believing, action, action, and sometimes a seed. Come on, say hearing, hearing believing, believing, speaking, speaking action, action, and sometimes a seed. Come on, look at Do it with me. Do it with me. Say faith takes hearing. Put your hands on your ears. Come on, say believing. Put your hands on your heart. Come on, say speaking. speaking. Come on, action, action. spirit fingers, sometimes a seed. Come on, let's do it fast. Faith takes hearing, believing, speaking, action, and sometimes... uh, Come on, speed up a little more. Faith takes hearing. Look at... (laughs) I got him. I got him. He went right for that mouth. You can't hear with your mouth. You can't hear with your mouth. You can't... Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Faith takes hearing, believing, speaking, action, and... Good clap. One more time. Faith takes... Hearing, believing, speaking, action, and and sometimes a T. Listen, I'm not doing it because uh, we're children. I'm doing it because sometimes learning comes through repetition. Faith takes hearing, believing, speaking, action, and sometimes a C. Let's talk about hearing. You got to hear God's Word. Come on, say, so I got to hear God's Word. Faith demands that you and I hear God's Word. Listen, the woman with the issue of blood, verse 27 says that she heard the report of Jesus. She heard it. Look what it says. She had heard the reports concerning. See, you got to hear the word. How often are you hearing the reports concerning God? Now, 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 uh, there's a difference between facts and truth. Facts are symptoms of feelings, conditions, circumstances. Facts were the doctor's reports. And we know what happened as a result of the doctor's report in her life. The Bible says she only grew work, took her money, but gave her no resolve. Now, we're not knocking doctors. We got doctors at this church. Got two of them. We're not knocking doctors. No, 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 no. But what we're saying is God, the difference between uh, God, faith, excuse me, it sits on the foundation of truth, not the foundation of facts. The, it, it's, a, it's a fact that you don't you may not have no money in your account, but the truth is my God will supply all my needs. Now you can either go with facts and limit yourself to your hands ability, or you can go with truth and live out of God's reserve. Truth is God's word. Truth is what? Truth is God's word. Get those I think, get those I just believe, get them out of your vocabulary. God is only obligated to back one thing. And what's that right way? His word. He's not obligated to back your I think. Well, I just believe. God ain't obligated to back that. Well, I'm just going to do. God ain't obligated to back that. See, there's a difference between God being Savior and Lord. And he can be Savior of your life and not Lord of your life. But you need to make him Savior and Lord. See, Savior doesn't say, not my will, but your will. Savior believes he died on the cross for sin. Lordship says, God, not my way, but your way. You tell me what to do. You tell me where to go. You told me what to say. And since you lord my life, that's what I'm going to do. So even in your salvation, your, your relationship should grow past that initial in coming into Christ of, sal- of being saved, it shall move over now into lordship. Amen. Um, now, okay, so John seventeen to seventeen. Put that on the screen. I'm gonna move a little faster. Look what the Bible says. Sanctify them. Read me. Read with me. Through thy truth, thy what is truth? Thy word is truth. I I don't care what the media says, CNN, Fox News, don't matter what any of that say, we listen to it, we we reserve some caution by it, but we sit our foundation on the truth of God's word. The Bible declares that in the time of famine, we're going to be fat and flourishing. I gave you my testimony last week when uh, Katrina came, and all the news was giving us the facts. It's going to be a five, and it's going to knock down trees. And if you can, you need to get out of the city. But truth told me not to go nowhere. Now, whose report are you going to believe? Let's go to, so, so let, let's, let's go to, uh, here's his statement. Truth acted on will change facts. Truth acted on will change facts. Fact is, but truth says. And truth always supersedes facts. The, the fact is that one out of every four single mothers end in poverty. But the truth is, that doesn't have to be you. Hallelujah. I'm not going to make myself a statistic. Now, I can, but I'm not going to make my... And I'm telling you something. It's so easy to fall into facts and talk truth. That's what, what a lot of people are in fact, but talking truth. Well, you if you're going to be in truth, you got to get in truth. For instance, um, it's, it's 80, it's 20 greater than 80. It's 20 greater than 80. Okay, let me say it another way. It's 20% greater than 80%. What about 10% than 90? What about 30% greater than 70. So then why, when they tell us that there's a 20% chance it's going to rain, why do you change your whole outfit and redirect your whole day? There is a greater chance. There's an 80% chance that you won't even see rain. But but watch this. By virtue of your actions, you're planning for the 20. So you made 20 greater than 80. Because you would have still wore that outfit if you had went with the 80% chance but a 20% chance of rain, made you say, I better not wear well, white like today. It's going to get wet. Well, wait a minute. There's an 80% chance that you won't even see rain. And if we would take that 80 and divide it, we can divide 80 up a quarter of a time that you still wouldn't see rain. But you will redress your whole day of 20%. So you just made 20% Greater than 80%. That's what I mean when I say it's so easy. Let's talk about believing. Come on, put your hand on your heart. Faith take, here, then, faith take. Come on, faith take what? Believe. You got to believe the word. See, believing with the heart is believing the promise, revelation, or direction in the now, present tense, independent of the senses. Independent of your feelings, independent of your circumstances, and independent of that doctor's report. Now, this woman has a flow of blood that is still coming out. But independent of all of that, she had to believe in the report of the one she was headed towards. Now, we chose this woman with the issue of blood because there is an issue in your life that's flowing right now. But there's a report from Jesus that that issue can be dried up. but you got to hear enough of it. That's why I called this whole church to a 30-day financial uh, fast concerning our money because we got to hear enough of it. We've heard for years that it don't take all of that. We've Like, you know, somebody, well, why y'all need a building like that? You know, they're going to say, you could take that money and do something else with it. Well, I could. But why do I have to choose between a building and helping people? Why we can't do both? See why we don't think like that. Yeah, you could. No, no, no. We can do both. We can build an amazing facility, right? That will be groundbreaking in our community. And we can still feed the homeless. We can see we can do both. We act like God broke. You act like you're dealing with a broke God. He ain't a broke God. I got you on this fast because that's what we've heard that word content. Be content. That's why you need to buy the book. Be content. Be content with such things. And they stopped there. So now the teaching actually made you content with stuff. Well, you got to keep reading. He said, be content with such things you have for my God will supply all your needs. He said, so if this is all you got right now, okay, cool. But you got a God that can supply more if you need it. So it was contentment in God's ability, not contentment in things. It don't take all that. So you got all that inside of you and it has it, 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 it hardened itself and it has become bedrock in your life. And so when you hear God wants you to be blessed, when you hear Psalms 34, that God take pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. You know, I was talking to one of my friends and uh, I was talking about how uh, the being blessed and being healed, it is an indication of God's promises in your life. He say, so what are you going to say about people that don't have money? They don't have money. Like, like, okay, so now where we are changes what he said. So, so who, what we are he only is who he is if we see what he said on us. And if we don't see what he said on us, then he can't be who he is. No, he's God apart from us. He's not God because of us. So if you don't have money, you don't have money. That don't change that he's the God of abundance. You don't have it. So we shouldn't cut back and not say that having finances because the Abraham, listen, Abraham couldn't leave a spiritual blessing. He can only, the covenant of Abraham was a material blessing, not a spiritual one. It was a blessing that he will bless you more and more. And that he he promised Abraham that I would bless your seed in their generation. He didn't leave a spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessing has come through Jesus. It don't come through Abraham. So God take pleasure in us prospering. And and your life prospering is an indication of God's covenant being in your life. Yes, it is. We don't have to back up from that. Well, folks don't have it. Okay, that ain't my fault. That ain't my fault. And it ain't God's fault. What you say, that ain't? No, that's not God's fault. He gave us his word. Now, if you set up under, with all, this, with all due respect, dumb teaching, you set up under religiosity, you set up under teachings that have scales over their eyes, and had that mindset towards God? Like, we sung it. We've been singing it for years. The streets are paved with gold. Anybody in the room want paved paved jewelry? Oh, let me ask the women, because I, I, I believe I can get a quicker response from you. How would you like for your husband to propose to you with a paved ring? Any hands? Any hands? Why no hands? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this respectfully, I'm just saying it in context of my teaching. You hypocrite. Now, ask me, say, why you say that? Because you song for years that your God streets were paved with gold, but you won't receive none paved. <laughs> Makes sense now. I mean, we, sung, we, stood, we, we were right in his house. Streets are paved. And then we gave him the highest praise. Hallelujah. Streets are paved with gold. Hallelujah. But why you won't take, if, if he can have paved streets, why you can't have a paved ring? Come on. T- oh, now, see, now you're thinking. Like, okay, if he can't have paved streets, why you won't take a paved ring? Are you thinking now? You see, you see how that looks? That we sit in his house and celebrate him for something that is not and he don't have, right? And it's cool for him, but it's not cool for you. You will sit there and say, That's all I'm worth. And then he like he put it on your finger and say, Now don't take a shower with it. Don't take a shower. It's good, as long as you don't take no shower. You would go back to him and say, how dare you want me? Oh, I see that now. How dare you want to take me as your wife and I come up under your name and you provide this for me? So how then will we come up under God's name and come up under paved stuff? Didn't I say they're paved? The Bible says they are gold. So watch this, God's asphalt. Is gold. His asphalt is gold. Watch this. And hey, that's your daddy. That's our daddy. That's our, our father. Now, now, I, I know, I know. They made y'all quote the Lord's Prayer, but you didn't hear it. Because we often talk, but don't listen, Ross. So get Hebrews 11 and 2. This is going to be so profound. It's going to be so profound. And, 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 and I got 47 seconds. Golly. And it, 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 it probably, primar- how did that go that fast? Don't go over there. We gotta believe. Number three, listen. The woman with the flow believed the report about Jesus before she touched Jesus, and before she stopped bleeding, she had to believe the report before she touched, and before she stopped bleeding, she had to believe the report before she touched. Now, now I, I got an amazing revelation because here's what Jesus said. Jesus asked the disciples, "Who touched me?" Now the disciples with a smart self, like. Who touched you? How you going to ask her something like that? You see all these people. Jesus say, no, 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 no. These folks are just putting their hands on me. Somebody touched me. And if we're not careful with this faith thing, we'll be putting our hands on God. But not be touching. Because when she touched him, the Bible says virtue. It was a touch of faith that released something from him. And notice what he called her daughter. There's another, uh, uh, in another uh, uh, gospel, uh, a woman was ill, and he says, and ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be healed? He say, for no other reason, not because her life is perfect, not because she got it all together. He say, she should be healed for no other reason than that she's a daughter of Abraham. Her covenant... Gives her the right to be healed. And you're in covenant with God. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to prosperity in your home. You have a right to a peace of mind. You have a right to divine protection. Let's go with speaking. I got to do this real quick. Speaking. Speaking God's word. Come on, say my mouth. Speaking God's word is saying what you believe in the present tense. Okay, listen, here's an example. I believe I am healed. You hear how I'm saying that? I believe I am delivered. I believe my need is met. Listen, listen right way, listen right way. Get that God is going to out your mouth. God is going to his hope, It's future. Faith speaks it in the now. Hope is tomorrow. Faith is now. Now, faith is. You got to speak it in the now. Every time you say God going to, you're putting it off for another day. You could be putting off for another day something God wants to do right now because faith is in the now. I'm going to be healed. No, I am healed. He he said, What am I supposed to, who am I supposed to tell uh, uh, Pharaoh? He said, Tell him I am that I am. He's a right now God. You've got to talk. See, many of us are destroying ourselves with this right here. Proverbs 18 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Matthew 12 says, by your words you are justified, and by your words you are condemned. A proverb says, he that openeth his mouth wide destroyeth himself. You've got to watch your speech. You've got to watch what you say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Proverbs 23 and 7 says, the mouth speaks. We're not watching our mouth. You got he says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from the forward mouth and perverse lips put far from you. You can't have a well that's giving sweet water and bitter water at the same time. You got to watch your mouth and it's going to seem like you're crazy. Folk going to call you crazy. Don't you see? No. Another translation says, for the woman said within herself, if I but touches him, I will be made whole. She had made up her mind that when I touch him, this flow is going to stop. And then you got to have action. Play faith so I can move a little faster. You got to act on the word of God. Come on, sir. You got to act on the word. Yes, Jesus was the word and that woman had to act on the word. She may, listen, listen. now remember now her condition. She could have been stoned to death. So she was willing to put her life on the line to get to that touch. She had already spent all she had. What else she got to lose? It, the, the facts had already failed her. She had the one opportunity to connect with truth. So now reading her story, and now knowing the back end, we have the ability to avoid the facts and go with the truth the first time. Are you listening to me? The woman with the flow of blood acted on what she heard and believed. She touched his garment, acting like God's word is true. A person with her condition was not supposed to be in public and risk being stoned. She was acting like a healed person. One translation says she had to make her way through the press. Sometimes you gotta press through. You gotta press through family members. Say you go over there to that church, you listen to that man telling you the name and the claim it. Sometimes you gotta press past a wife or a spouse that don't understand what faith you're believing God for. Sometimes you gotta press past friends. You gotta press to get up off the pillow. But it's worth the press if you could ever get to the touch. So you cannot have full corresponding action without full manifestation. Now, I want to give an example for uh, a person that's dealing with uh, diabetes or you have a diabetic diagnosis. You believe you are healed, but you should not stop taking your insulin until you have full manifestation. Sometimes we get foolish with, I believe I healed some of the stuff. No, 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 no. The medicine will let you, the body will let you know that the medicine is not working. So you keep taking your medicine. If I, I, don't, pray, I, I don't pray for 20-20 vision. I just put my prescription on and I'm fine with it. I got me enough in different colors, and I actually like it. You get what I'm saying? But if I wanted to get in faith not to wear them, I'm going to keep wearing them until me putting them on makes it blurry. Then when I take it off and it's clear, I'm like, oh, wow, I don't need those no more. But until then, I need to keep wearing my prescription, and then my eyes will tell me you don't need that prescription anymore. So it is with your body. Don't be around here being foolish. And, and the, the doctor is giving you something to, to, um, to, to mitigate or balance out the high blood pressure. You keep taking the medicine until the medicine makes you sick. When the medicine makes you sick, it's the body telling you, I don't need that anymore. That now healing has manifested. She got healed at the touch. So what you're waiting on is the touch. So because you're taking medication don't mean you're not in faith. I need because sometimes we get foolish with this. It ain't that difficult. Then I say sometimes they take a seed. Sometimes you gotta sow on what you're believing God for. Paul, uh, Saul had lost his uh, his son had lost the donkeys and he sent his son and his servant out to find them. The Bible says they searched all day and they couldn't find them. And on their way back, uh, his servant said, "There's a man in the city, a prophet, and everything he say come to pass." Says, why don't we go and ask him? And and, and Saul said, Well, we are gonna go. But what do we have to sow for what we're believing for? He said, All the our bread is spent. Uh, uh, we're almost out of water. And, and his servant says, Well, we have here a shekel of silver that we can take. They sowed a seed on what they were believing God's for. Sometimes we don't take advantage of the principle of sowing and, and, and putting our faith and naming our seed what we want God. And I know uh, people have read the 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The Bible says it's not of necessity, right? And so they say, see, you're never supposed to sow for a need. That is not what that scripture meant. Don't sow for a need. Now, nah, now, nah, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Watch this. Poof. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to blow your mind. Y'all ready for your mind to be blown? Just, matter of fact, you may want to put your hand on your head because I don't want you to lose your top of your skull, right? Now, nah, you don't have to put up days, ain't going to go nowhere. I'm just joking with you. Like. Watch this. Watch this. They say, well, you don't ever sow if you have a need. That's the most foolish thing I ever heard. But I'm going to give you a natural example, then I'll give you a spiritual example, then we got to go because I'm way over my time. A natural example is no one pulls up to the drive through window and then walks and then drives around to the delivery side and just takes something out the window. You actually practice faith at the drive thru. You speak. You hear. You believe. Because you don't see. Because you're not in the side where you can see. There's a communication going on in a microphone that you can't see the person. You have to believe what they say. And then you drive around, and they go, yo, sometime a seed. You don't, you, nothing comes through the window until something goes in the window. That's a natural illustration. You ready for the spiritual one? Let me ask you a question. I want you to think. I want you to think. Here it is. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Did God ever have a need? I know you're thinking that's a good, that's a, 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 a purpose has a, a Bible R group that you may want to be a part of. This, may, this is a good question. D- did God ever have a need? Oh, come on, Bible scholars. Y'all scared? He did. Okay. You said yes, so now you got, you got the answer too. So what was the need? He needed what? He needed a body to put the seed in. Okay. I like that. That, that was true too. What, what, what may have been another one of God's needs? Come on now, you should be sitting on the front row. God needed to redeem his people. How did God redeem his people? It's it's, it's a very simple answer because if you know based on the question I asked you, the answer should be to the question. How did God redeem his people? With a seed. God redeemed his people. Put up that Hebrews 2 and 10. God redeemed his people with a seed. So if anybody ever tell you, you don't sow for a need, then God did it. God needed to redeem his people. He redeemed his people with a seed. That is right. Therefore it became him who of all things, by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory. Well, you say, how does that represent a seed? Well, he sowed a son. And now we all become sons. And watch this, we spring out of that tree that he sowed. So God had a need to save the world. And in order to save the world, he he had to sow a seed. So don't ever let nobody tell you, if you don't have a need, you don't sow a seed. I admonish you, if you have a need, put a seed on it. And name your seed what it wants to be because God named his seed sons. And now when every time we get saved, we become sons. Just like I'm offering someone right now to become a son. Not a servant, to become a son of God. See, when you receive what Jesus did on the cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and you confess that, you become a son. Can I get you to bow your heads real quick? Listen, you've heard this message on faith. God loves you, and God wants you in his family. If you're here today, you can never remember a time of confessing Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you, you're listening to me. Pastor, I'm not saved. I can never remember a time of confessing Christ, but I want to be a part of this amazing family that God has established in the earth. I want to be saved. I want my ticket to heaven, but I also want my ticket that God affords me for this amazing life in earth while I'm here. If that's you, will you lift your hands? I want to know who I'm praying for today. Will you lift your hand, Pastor? Thank you for your honor. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? You can put your hand down. Thank you. I see you. Anyone else? Pastor, I want... Thank you. I see your hand. Pastor, I want to be saved. I I want Christ in my life. Anyone else? Anyone else? If you're watching us on live stream, this same appeal goes to you as well. Will everyone lift their hands up? We have people that have lifted their hands in the room. They want to be saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray along with them. Get them in the family. God, they now become our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Will you say this prayer with me? Those of you that raise your hand, come on. You're going to say it with your mouth. You're going to believe it in your heart. And the Bible says, based on your confession, you're going to be saved. Say this, Lord Jesus, I know without you, I am lost. Today, I repent of my sins. And Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, and I make you. The Lord of my life, I give my life to you. Now fill me with your spirit so that I can live a life that is pleasing to you. And I boldly confess that I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together for them. Thank you for tuning into our podcast.